Well, good morning. Happy New Year. I think we can still use that till the end of the month. What do you think? What do you think? And uh, I know you've already heard this several times, but I just want to say welcome home. Welcome home. You know, we're, we were reminded last week that this world is not our home. And this church really isn't our permanent home. But I just want to say welcome home to those of you that are here uh, today. For me... 2023 feels like a brand new start. Does anybody else feel that way? Like this is a very refreshing start to the new year. I believe that God has a lot of things in store for me personally, but I believe that he has a lot of things in store for our fellowship uh, this, this year as well. I had someone text me a couple weeks ago and say, this is going to be the best year ever for believers, the best year yet. So just take that this morning as some encouragement. As we continue on today, this will be the best year for believers. And I believe we have a very bright future. I've had some people ask me recently, you know, how, how's the church? How's things going at the church? And I said, good. I said, God is moving. God is speaking in ways that, that I couldn't even imagine, that I couldn't even dream up because he has us right in his hand. And I just want you to know, <clears throat> I know some of you have been partnering with the leaders of this fellowship for a couple years now to be really pressing into what is next. What is the next thing for PF? Where are we headed? Where are we going? And I want to stand here today and tell you there hasn't been a lot of communication around that issue. But I want to tell you that there's some really exciting things happening behind the scenes. God is doing some awesome things. And as I can't really share a lot of specifics with you this morning, but I want to thank you to those of you that have been partnering with us and praying. We have had dozens and dozens of applicants apply um, to be on pastoral staff here. So we have a renewed hope. We have a renewed vision going forward and, and as the next weeks and months unfold here we really hope to get more and more details out to you around that whole process but I would continue to ask if you've been praying continue to pray if you're not praying about this please start praying about it God has some really cool things that he's cooking up but we need to press in and really listen to iron out all those details <clears throat> So just be praying into that. If you have your Bibles today, or your phones, or your tablets, whatever you have, we're going to be looking at Luke uh, chapter 15 today. So while you're finding that, I want to tell you a little bit, um, just a couple stories here. You guys know me. I'm a good one for stories. So, A child was playing video games in a local shopping center and suddenly realized that he had to go to the bathroom. He quickly finished the game and ran around looking for his mother, but he got lost between all the stands, the racks, and the shelves. He realized that he couldn't hold it any longer, and he ended up peeing his pants while he was looking for his mother. She eventually found him, and when they finally connected, the boy said to her, I've been looking everywhere for you. How did you find me? She smiled and pointed down at the floor. Where they were standing, she said, I followed your trail. 
How many of you are parents in here today? Have you ever misplaced one of your children? Have you ever lost one of them? <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good, Richard. No. <laughs> For those of you that have, it's not a good, very good feeling, right? <clears throat> when I was growing up, my family spent many weekends traveling the Northeast. We had a, a music ministry. And uh, go ahead and throw that picture up there, Isaac. I think you're there. So this is the vehicle uh, that we traveled around in. Some of you may, may recognize this. Um, we were the Stewart family, uh, music ministry. My mom's father and, and mother kind of started the ministry. But anyway, there was seven of us traveling in that <clears throat> bus. And you might think, wow, that's so awesome. What a life of luxury traveling around and... and <laughs> But like my mom's mom used to say, it was borderline poverty. It was one bedroom with seven people and one bathroom. That's kind of like borderline poverty. So one time my middle brother, who was pretty mischievous anyways in his own right, but he got lost on the bus. So one moment he was there and then the next moment he was gone. So you can imagine the fear and the panic and the anxiety. You know, we're going down the road, and, and all of a sudden my mom's freaking out. Did we leave him behind? No, he was just here a minute ago. Where's he at? So we're looking through everything, looking, looking, looking. And towards the back of that bus, uh, my father and my grandfather built eight bunk beds in there for us to sleep in. It was just so much easier for us kids when we were traveling. So my brother had found his way down into a small cupboard underneath one of those bunk beds, and he had himself all crouched in there, and he closed the cupboard door behind him. So he's all in the dark, all alone. So we finally found him. It wasn't like a smuggler's cove for kids. This was meant for storage, for like sleeping bags and blankets and stuff like that. But nonetheless, the lost son was found that day. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for that we're your children. You call us your sons and your daughters. And God, when we run away, when we stray, you're right there to take us back in. And you bring us back to your loving arms and you say, welcome home. And God, as we open the word this morning, I just pray that even though we're looking at a familiar story, that your word would just be piercing in to our hearts, to our spirits this morning. That you would just be looking into our lives and opening up new things and new revelations that we never saw before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some of you may have received texts from me or phone calls in the last couple weeks asking you what your word is for 2023. Now, I know I didn't get to all of you, and I apologize. This wasn't like 100% everybody in survey, but I did hit quite a few of you, so thank you. And for the safety of all of those that participate in this, in this exercise, we will protect the identity of all those that participated. So I want to read a couple of these to you just to encourage you. Um, these are our words. These are what God has spoken to us as a fellowship, as a family. And I just want to share a little bit with you this morning. 
one of the responses, words for 20, 2023 was pray. Pretty good one. Another one was listen. Another was grow. Overflow. Gratefulness. Trust. Honor. Faithfulness. Friends. Family. Forgiveness. Here's another one I got. Bountiful blessings and turmoil. Bountiful blessings and turmoil. Hmm. That person must have went to school north of the border there. Um, so here's a really bold one I got back. Someone who is entrusted with much. Wow. Wow, that's, that's pretty bold. Uh, I got a bunch of R's. I'll read them all together. The R's were rest, restoration, refresh, revival, renew, repair, and rebuild. It's a lot packed into those. Another response I got was Psalm 23, lining up with 2023, saying that the Lord is our good shepherd. That's a good word. One response I got back was words that I will not be this year. Millionaire, billionaire, fearful, lost, skinny, and a Democrat. <laughs> and now we got people nudging each other. Hey, that was mine. That was mine. Another one I got back, this is a serious one now. This is scripture. And we could take we could probably do a whole teaching series on this scripture right here, but it says, Forget what happened before. Do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I am doing. It is already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. That was from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. For those of you that were here on January 1st, you heard a word that was spoken for this house. This house being a part of the church, the global church. And that word went something like this. 2020 was a year of death. And just as in the resurrection time frame of Jesus, 2023 will be the year of the resurrection of the church. Do we believe that? Come on, do we believe that? 2023 is going to be an awesome year for the church, amen? I want to add to that word today a little bit. So this is January 22nd. I know it's not January 20, January 1st, but I want to add to that. And I want to stand here today and declare that 2023 will also be a year of the lost returning. 2023 will be a year for the lost returning. Now let's go to that passage. Let's look at Luke 15. Starting at verse 11. For those of you that have heard this before, it's very familiar. But I hope we can draw out some new things today. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. 
The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. And eggs were $7 a dozen, and gas was $5 a gallon. Oh. No, it doesn't say that. 15. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put on him. Bring a ring and his finger and his sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead, but is now alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you, gave me, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when his when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because of this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. He was lost, but now is found. There's so much we can learn there in those 22 verses. But today I want to focus in on the three main characters. We're going to look a little bit at the prodigal son. We're going to look a little bit at the father. And then a little bit at the older brother. So I mentioned this earlier about 2023 being the year that the loss will return. And I really believe that. That's really been stirring in me. And if we're familiar with this story, we refer to it as the prodigal son. 
But what are we talking about there? What, what is the definition of prodigal? What does that even mean? If you look up the word prodigal, it's defined as spending resources wastefully and extravagantly. A more simple way to put this to me is lost. That younger son just became lost. He was raised right. He had a dad that tried to teach him how to go on the right road, how to do the right things. He saved up a bunch of his um, money and possessions, his property. And he tried to teach his younger son what to do. But the younger son just became lost. So the younger son took half the cash. He just spent it all, gone. Some versions say that he lived a life reckless and immoral. Maybe it was gambling. Maybe it was prostitution, drinking. But he just squandered that which his father gave him. His, his, his actions led him to such a sad life that he went to that pig farm. And in that verse 16, it said, he longed to fill his stomach with what the pigs were eating. I don't know about you, but that sounds awful, doesn't it? But when I read that part, I was just reminded of how God can pull us out of anywhere. God can pull us out of the most inopportune, the most inconvenient, the most unlikely places and say, come on home. I think if we were to be perfectly honest today with one another, we would, we would converse and we would find out that we are surrounded by broken people. We are surrounded by people that are at their wit's end. They are at that picture of the pig farm. You know, the last two, three, four years have not been very good to people. Just brokenness all around us. Last week, Eric even spoke to us here, and he said, you know, there's a lot of wounding. There's a lot of hurting that's here that needs help. We need to allow the Father to speak into that those wounds and those hurts to bring inner healing to us. But I believe this is a new year. And this is a new season. This is our season of hope. This is our year of resurrection, as I said before. It's a year of returning to the heart of the Father. If you feel like that lost son or daughter today, if you feel like a tug on your heart or a pulling back towards home, towards Jesus. I got good news for you today. That's a good thing. God wants to just open his arms and welcome you back and say, welcome home. He wants to say, welcome home to the Father's house. Maybe you don't even know what that means or what that looks like. But I promise you, he has great plans for your life. He wants to restore you. He wants to revive you. He wants to renew you. He wants to fill you up with such great things. He has such great plans for your life. He wants to run to you. He wants to give you the biggest hug and the biggest kiss. And then he wants to kill that fatted calf and throw the biggest party for you. He wants to welcome you home. 
When I read the story, the, the part of the father is always very intriguing to me. And as I grow in my life, as I get older and I watch my kids grow, you get a different perspective on this story each time you read it. But without the father, there just would have been a son that was full of regret. He would have been full of shame. You know, where else was he going to go? He had nowhere to turn but to his father's house. So you remember how he started out. I shared with you those, those words, our words, for 2023. And most of those words that I read you, they line up exactly with the heart of this story, which I believe is in verse 20. So we're going to go back and read 20 again. It says, so he got up and went to his father. That's, that's the lost son. He got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. So keep that in your mind, and I'm going to read some of those words again. Isn't that such a great picture of overflow? Isn't it such a great picture of gratefulness? Trust and honor? What a picture of friends, family, forgiveness. What a picture of rest, restoration, refresh, renew, revival, repair, and rebuild. So I have a question. Is that us? Are we modeling that kind of behavior that we read about in the Father? In that verse 20, do we have those qualities of compassion and love? How many times in our carnal human selves has we, have we said phrases like, I told you so. If you just would have listened to me, you wouldn't be in this situation. Didn't I raise you better than that? Were you born in a barn? I asked that to my son once. He goes, no, Dad, I wasn't, but Jesus was. <laughs> but the father in this story never came close to those phrases. The father in this story was filled with grace and compassion. And remember that definition we read about prodigal? I left out the second part of the definition till now. Because I want you to look at this just a little differently this morning. The second part of prodigal definition says this. Having or giving something on a lavish scale. So we can almost, almost, say this story is the prodigal father. Not because he was lost, but because he had that lavishing love that he just wanted to pour out on his son. He wanted to pour out that love that he had. When he said, welcome home, my son is dead and is now alive again. He was lost and is now found. That's our father. That's our heavenly father. His love is so great for us. We, we can't even imagine. Like I said, I'm still a, a very young father. Our kids are 11 and 8, almost 9. <laughs> Next week, huh, bud? 
I'm making a lot of mistakes, and I'm learning every day what that means, to model the love of the Father. And I don't have a personal story to stand up here and share with you about one of my kids that wandered away from Jesus. But I know some of you here today have children that you tried to raise up right, that you brought them to church, you brought them to this house, you brought them right here to this room, and they were worshiping and praising God, but they wandered away. And there's been a lot of nights of no sleep and hurting and crying. But I just want to encourage you today, don't give up. If, if your kids are still out there, if they're still lost, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Because I really believe this is the year, 2023, when we'll see some of those lost people return. Third character that we may have related to in this scripture today is the lost or the older brother. How many of you are the firstborn in your family? Oh, yes. That makes sense. Yep. Oh, yes. I can see that now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a, I'm a firstborn. I like to say I'm the middle of five. Um, my parents had two miscarriages before I was born. But I'm, I'm the oldest. And we're different, right? Those of you that are firstborns, you know this. We're different. We're naturally willing to assume responsibility. We take initiative. We are goal-oriented. We're driven by tasks. We are usually early to events. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, where's that youngest brother? He should be here by now. And sometimes even that P word creeps in to us that are oldest. Perfectionism. Come on, you know. We're usually rule followers and we support authority. And all the other siblings in the room are cringing right now, right? Like, I'm not any of those things. That's okay. But the older brother in the story, he was ticked off. He was so upset. He's like, how dare that younger brother come in here? How dare he come in here? That low life, good for nothing brother of mine. I'm the one that stayed here. I'm the one that worked hard. I'm the one that got up every day early and sacrificed. I'm the one that worked for my dad all the time. <laughs> and that guy, he brought shame to our family. He took our family name and he smeared it all over this country. And now you want to have a party for him? He never even gave me a goat. You know, he, he harbored that, like that bitterness, that unforgiveness. But we know that the Father was lavishing love constantly. Go back to verse 31. This is a verse that I think gets skipped over quite a bit in this story. And it says this, My son, 
the father said. And now he's talking to the older brother. He said, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. He missed it. The older brother missed his identity. He was still a son. He had access to everything there that the father had. He had access to the goats. He had access to the fatted calf. And he could have came to the father and said, Dad, I want a party today. The father would have been like, yes, let's do this. But he missed it. He missed what he had right in front of him. And if we go on to 32, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So let's put on those shoes for a second. Let's put on those shoes of the older brother. Whether you're a youngest sibling, a middle child, or an oldest in your family, let's put on those shoes. What's our response going to be? You know, I already stood up here and said it. The lost are coming in. Rich stood up here on week one of the series and said, those people are coming back. Those people are coming in. Are we going to harbor unforgiveness? Are we going to harbor bitterness? Are we going to be like the older brother in that light? Are we going to really identify with ourselves? We know who our Father is. We know what we have access to. And we can model the love and behavior that was taught to us. Now I realize the 2023 definition of those people might be different than it was when we read here in Luke 15. They might not look like us. They might not talk like us. They might not even act like us. But Jesus loves them too. And he wants us to show love and compassion. Are we in the place of being so tender-hearted and so soft that we can offer that love. I'm going to have the worship team come back up here. We're going to end just a little bit differently today. But I pray that this whole Welcome Home series has stirred your hearts. And I pray that you've got little bits and pieces out of it. I hope we've all been encouraged today, not only by our own words to each other, those words I read are 2023 words, but also the word of God. Let's stand together. Today is January 22nd. So that means we have 343 more days of this year to go. <laughs> it seems like a long time. But God's mercies are new every morning. And he's going to provide us opportunities to worship him to provide us opportunities to share his love and his goodness with all those around us. So now that we're all stood up, I want us to kind of form a circle around the outside of the room, if we can. So don't be afraid. Spread out a little bit. Come up here to the front. Utilize all the aisle space so we can see one another.
So look around the room. This is our PF family. There's people in this room that are sharing the same struggles that you're sharing. I guarantee it. You're like, no, I'm, a, I'm alone in my struggle. No, you're not. You got wandering children. There's people here, other people here that have wandering children. You're raising grandchildren on your own. There's other people here that are doing the same thing. You lost a job recently. There's other people here that are going through the same thing. So I just thought we'd end like this. We're going to go back and sing that, that last song that we did during the worship set about holding us together.